Razor blades. Razor blades. Razor blades. <laughs> uh, hey. Hey, hi. Welcome back to Blank with Friends. Uh, my name's Jordan. My name's Mike, and today we have the special honor of the most beautiful Nick Nunez here. Nicholas Nunez. What's up? <laughs> uh, Blank with Friends, man. Just a podcast where we have our friends on because... We like to see them... No, just because. What? What? <laughs> uh, no. Nick, Y'all wild. <laughs> dude, thanks for coming over, Nick. Um, yeah. If you guys don't know out there, uh, Nick's my cousin. Yes. I love him. Love you too, man. Uh, we all hang out and have a good time. Nick, how's it going, dude? Good. Yeah. <laughs> For the most part. Yeah. Um yeah. Today was a today was uh how's your day? A heavy day. Was it? Workload? Just Yeah, yeah, it was, it was like a culmination of things. It, it was just I I literally came I just finished going to the gym before I got here. Mm, nice. And and then I got home and then Lily got home kind of just like a couple of minutes before me and I walked in I'm like Oh, it was good to recalibrate at the gym. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like mentally, I was like sweating it out. I was like wearing a sweater and just like sweating things out and just like thinking about a ton of things and like just recalibrating. Cause some days are just like heavy for some reason. Yeah, and I think it's, I honestly think it was spirit spiritual, but then also some of it's circumstantial, you know, yeah. where, where you're just, you're just tired physically, mentally, um, not so much emotionally. But no. yeah, and I was thinking about coming on the podcast. I was like, "Oh man, this is a good. This is gonna be a juicy day." Yeah, yeah I just <laughs> spill, got a lot to spill share. Spill my beans, damn dude. <laughs> yes. Wow, cuz. Well, I'm glad you're here, then, dude. Let's talk about it. What's What's been on your mind? Like, is there anything specifically that you're thinking about at the gym, trying to iron out some things? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is um, return on investment of time, not money, time. Okay. And I've been investing a lot of like unseen hours that even Lily doesn't really get to see because she's at work mm-hmm. and I'm just grinding day in and day out. Grinding on what for, for the people that don't? Know. Oh yes. Uh, grinding on, on my company. So I, um, sell uh, piano courses online to people. Okay. And so I'm in the middle of a big revamp and, uh, just kind of curating, my whole approach on how I market in the front end mm-hmm. and how I give information to people so that they know it, what my product's about. And then right. on the back end, I've already completed a lot of that stuff, but I'm grinding on the front end stuff right now that I'm kind of transitioning to that and now trying to make that better. And so I've been, I've been doing that for about a year and a half. So what that entails is a uh, marketing, um, understanding how to market. So I bought a $2,000 course um, that Dang. has taken me almost six months to go through and write like extensive notes on it and stuff. Wow. So that's one facet to, to things. And then you like, telling me about that when you started that. Yeah. Wow. So that's like, that's one, one dynamic, uh, of working hard. Uh, another dynamic is like for the past, uh, f- for the past four days, I've been revamping a slogan and I've been watching like these tutorials, um, on how to story brand and basically how to have a clear message okay on what you're selling okay through through what avenue because when you say that because we're kind of obviously in the process of this podcast is new 
I'm excited, but I do also want to do it right. And so obviously you have some knowledge of that as mm-hmm. starting something. What, what do you mean by, by saying that? So um, I'm, I'm learning about all this, which is I, I've heard some of it, but the, the way that I've found I work really well is I have to filter things. So yeah. like it's so easy to, to get excited about something because you hear something or read something and then maybe go after that. And then you start spreading yourself thin. Like you're, 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 you're working on the marketing, you're working on your slogans, you're working on your product, you're working on your Facebook group, you're working on this and that and hiring other people and then other ventures, you know? So if, if you allow yourself to get excited about things, then, then you're not, I'm not productive at least. That's not how I work. And so I've been wanting to get into this whole story brand type of thing and understand how to tell a story well. And so there's three components actually that, that for the past four days that I've been working on. So the mm-hmm. three components are this, when you're trying to like have someone come on your webpage and see like first impression with a couple sentences, you have to I, first I tell them that there's a problem, mm-hmm. right? Identify the problem. So for me, the problem is people don't have time to learn piano and they regret not having time to learn piano. Okay. And so what, what this uh, gentleman, his name, I, I forget what his name is. I'll remember later. But this guy, uh, he has a book, really well-known author. Mm-hmm. He's saying you have to make it emotional. So step one is identify the problem, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So kind of hook them on an emotional level. Yeah, hook them on an emotional Almost level. Almost like hit them where it hurts a little bit. Yeah, I feel exactly. Like if, if that's kind of the way I'm taking that, yeah. it's like, hey, you regret not having learned piano. Yeah. And they're like, oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Or like an instrument, like, oh, yeah. and then it, it starts reaching to deeper places. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, I don't have it's enough time to take take my kids to go to their soccer practice. Yeah. I'm just working like a mad dog, you know? Yeah. Right. So it hits that nerve. Oh, and that's yeah. important because it's it's psychological because- yeah, You make like a connection oh, in a yeah, sense. Yeah, it is. Because I, I know that my product, your product has to be the tits, you know? <laughs> it has to be good. It's got to be good. <laughs> And, and so you already know it's really good, but then you kind of—it's kind of like a bait and switch without switching them <laughs> you, <laughs> on them, you know. Yeah. It's like a bait, and then like, oh, see, I told you it was going to be worth it. So you kind of hit them on that level, and then it—it's it, it, an incredible thing because mm-hmm. it—it's a problem that you can solve. So that's step one, like identify yeah. the problem mm-hmm. and make it emotional, because people will buy emotionally, not logically. That's true. Always, uh, it's always emotional. I feel like I bought my car on somewhat of an emotional level and I knew I was being emotional. So I kind of waited, but at the end of the day, I was like, I really want that car. I would look so nice in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, I think you're wise enough too to back it up with some knowledge as well. But I think the, the gut feeling that pulls you towards something like that is intensely emotional. Yes, for sure. Totally emotional. So, so continue cousin. What's step two? Yeah. Um, I, I love that emotional stuff. So I've never thought, I've never thought of that. So like my slogans right now, but I also spent so many hours on those, but it's just, uh, you the just, writing. yeah, the writing of it, the, the copyright, the words and just like the structure of everything. It's, you can't know it all. That's the bottom line. And there's Mm -hmm. so much room for growth. And so I'm growing so much on the front end of my site. I feel like my products are killer, which is good starting there. So now I'm kind of reverse engineering it and now going to the front end. Um, so, um, right now my slogan is, uh, play piano with true freedom. That doesn't tell anyone anything about my product that doesn't know me. Like if I walk up to a stranger and tell them that, they're going to be like, well, are you, are you playing classical music 
Yeah, freedom. Oh, what's freedom? So it's yeah. not specific. So the next step, so the first step is identifying the, the problem and make it emotional. Right. So make sure to tell them, okay? Right. People, uh, most people have regret not learning an instrument. And then the second sentence is you identify what you have created mm-hmm. to solve the problem. Yeah, so you like, say something. I have this. Yeah, so like discover... <laughs> discover the the uh uh the the program that numerous people uh, x amount of people it's like any infomercial you've ever it seen really yeah. is yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. it's like do you suffer from like whatever yeah. i don't know like, You're like yes <laughs> do you yes. suffer from hearing loss when you were in i saw one at the gym the other day when you were in the war from this year to this year because you used this earplug yeah that they like issued well, to like, you yes. and all of a sudden everyone's like and it's so specific too we've got boom and it's like throws it back at you like the solution to it exactly so i have to pull up on my phone what it is because i've been working on so many slogans but what i landed the plane on today it's Uh this is not the final version but it's uh most people regret not having time to learn piano that was step one right step number two what's the solution i developed six piano courses to cut out the fluff yeah okay so so that's the second thing that, is, that shows that it's going to be efficient too. I like that. Yeah, that sounds it's like, like straight oh, to it. I can get this done without yeah. having to, you know, go through all the dancy prancy, like little Mary had a little lamb type yeah, learning. Right. Do your skills. Yeah, exactly. A hundred times a day. Yeah. <laughs> well, no one wants to do that. No one does. Man. That doesn't <laughs> no, make it fun. No. no, not at all. I mean, I picked up a guitar purely on just doing things I wanted to do with it. Like I was like, okay, I want to play guitar. I like songs with guitar. Um, I want to learn a solo from this song. Literally, yeah. I don't care about chords. I don't care about scales yeah. or anything like that. I want to do what I want to do, and I want to do it quick. Yeah, you know, to re- to reap the benefits early. Well, yeah, because you, the, I think you hit a huge market when you started releasing the fact that you were just going to teach people how to play a song in an understandable way. Because no one, when do you want to learn how to play piano? Just to kick ass at parties and everyone's going <laughs> to yes. love you. <laughs> but I, yes. I don't think anybody yes. wants to learn how to play piano to necessarily be a piano expert. Right. It might not come right no. away, but it starts or with... Or like compete or something, right? It starts with you wanting to play a song that you've heard yes. and be able to do that. I mean, that's how I started even touching a guitar. It was like, okay, well, I really like singing this song. I would love to be able to sing this song to me actually playing it. Yeah. And so I learn it. And then I learned the five chords that it takes to play that song. And you go from there. You're like, boom. I remember, I remember, I remember you in high school singing, um, that Mum was it Mumford, that Mumford song? Which one? I don't know. Oh man. You used to sing this song so well. I mean, I, I saw so many people melt. I saw guys melting in the corner when you'd sing it. No, I swear, dude, you got to remember it. I don't remember. I I have my songs though, that I made sure I learned. Like I knew Mumford. Dude, I could pull a guitar right now and play about five songs that everyone would be like, yeah, you would probably, you'd probably play the one I'm thinking of. I can't, I can't remember. I put a guitar in my hand after that. Um, I was just trying to remember the melody of it. (laughs) Oh gosh. It's like at the tip of my mind. I've got nothing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll get back on we'll that. Back. <laughs> we'll back. What, was, what was point number three? Cause. Okay, so uh, point number three. So point number three is you have to then use language to help them envision where they could be. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like, um, oh, you guys are starting a podcast. The heart, you know, you identify a problem with podcasts and then this person's like, oh, here's my solution. Mm-hmm. And then imagine yourself having like this slamming joe rogan popping yeah podcast you know so you 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 use language to show them what they could be and so i'll read the whole thing and then the last part you'll see how the wording goes 
Most people regret not having time to learn piano. So I developed six piano courses to cut out the fluff. Discover how you can enjoy the piano in parentheses again, because a lot of my demographic have been doing a lot of um, studies on them. Mm-hmm. It's people that used to play piano, got busy with life. They always mm-hmm. say that. Yeah. And by always, they always say that I have a Facebook group with 500 people that I started last year. It's a private group. They have to own a paid course. So it's all people that paid for my product. And Mm -hmm. then I, I tell them, Hey, tell me your story because I want to know all about you. I don't particularly want to know all about them because I care. It's more because I want to know why they're buying my stuff. But I do care. It's like a sample group in like some data. Yeah. Some data. No, it's, it's mixed. I I care. (laughs) I care about them. I want them to be happy and uh, I, I do care about them, but yeah, it's nice to get the data and be like, okay, I thought that it was like the teeny boppers, like 16 year olds, 17 year olds that were like trying to learn Ariana Grande or something like that. Exactly. And then I learned recently in the past, like two years, it's all these people that are successful. They've had incredible careers and they're retiring and they used to play piano, but got so busy. They couldn't. Now they're circling back to it, Mm. coming back to it. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder about that. As far as going into retirement, like you have to have some hobbies. You have so to. I think people do come back to that. That's crazy that you've been learning that. And then because you're learning that remarketing yourself yeah. in a way to meet the target demographic, that's like buying your product already. Yep. Yeah. How'd you, Nick, how'd you start off um, with all this, with your company? Where'd you start off on? And when, when did you decide, Hey, I'm going to make this a full-time thing and try to make a company out of it. It was, it morphed so hard. Mm-hmm. Did I, you always, did you grow up playing piano? Yes. I so already I, know that. I asked my question <laughs> for you guys. <laughs> I was for like, I know everything about his life. <laughs> I know. I'm all, you know that. And <laughs> then we just continue going. You know the answer. Okay, <laughs> next question. Uh, okay, never mind. <laughs> They're like, wow. How many I'm years out. have you been playing piano? So I started playing. I'm 28 right now. I started playing piano when I was six. Okay. And then I took 17 years of classical lessons. And then at age 12, I also started playing in church. So, yeah, on the main worship team, actually, yeah, there was a, there was a main pianist who, his name was Adam Coronado, really great piano player. I actually picked up a lot of my style from him. Um, great musician. He played with a lot of feeling and really like Mm -hmm. good rhythm. It just Mm -hmm. hit the soul. Like groove. Yeah. And anytime he played, I would, I was so captivated and it, it it was like it was like a spiritual thing like yeah. it was like just hits you the music was spiritual when he played because I, i'm not sure if he just played it with his heart or what he was doing but basically i copied him in his style learned good. a ton from him good good I'm good i'm glad good what an idiot <laughs> okay and so so uh, i started off at 12 years old playing backup keys behind him so, you said two keyboard players on the stage? Yeah, so okay. he played on the grand piano. Dude, you was learning right Oh, dude, I there. remember the whole, I can envision it right now, the whole position of it all on the stage. And, like, I was facing the crowd behind the grand piano, and all my job was was to play pads. I guarantee that no one could hear me in the crowd. <laughs> guarantee it. <laughs> I'd like looking time back. of your life yeah. at 12 yeah, years old. Yeah, dude, I'm, like, yeah. trying, I'm focusing so hard, not even swallowing my spit because I'm so nervous. <laughs> Like I remember after doing like worship sets after like three, four songs, I would like come off and my throat was legit parched because oh, I was just, yeah. I didn't want to mess oh, up. Yeah. yeah you were concentrating. Sure. Yeah. I was no, like so God. young, dude. And so I started there. Uh, what was really cool is I actually had a visual of Adam's hands directly in front of me. 
you had the right angle. Yeah. So I was, I could always watch what chords he was going to. And so I'm not sure if that shaped my plane, even just being able to see when he was changing his chord, the visual might've been powerful. Right. Anyways, all that to say, so I started on a worship team at 12 and then I continued playing on a worship team and I still do to this day. So my experience up to 28 years old is a little shy of 20 years of uh, classical playing, not training, 17 years of training actually with a teacher and competing classically. But then I kept up some of my classical stuff. So, uh, and then since 12 been playing at church. Wow. That's a while. So it was a big part of my life. And to go back to like how it all started, there's so many dynamics. Um, so I started my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. What was the incentive Simply, for that? What was like? Yeah, why did you want to do that? Just because I felt like I wanted to do a cover of a song. Yeah. Do you because remember I, what what song that was? Yeah. Uh, what song? <laughs> oh man, you guys should look at it. I watched it the other day because one of my um, one of my customers on the private student Facebook group hit me up. Nice. They're like, "Yo, I just looked at your oldest video, my first upload." Mm-hmm. It's all messing up. Like, ding! <laughs> yeah, yeah right, no, dude. it was actually oh, really good. Well, it's just sure my it teeth were crooked before Invisalign. Hey, <laughs> shout out. Sponsor us. <laughs> Sponsor us. Trying to get my Invisalign. teeth straight. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, fam. <laughs> wow, okay. So, so go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so sorry. Forgive me. <laughs> so I just wanted to put a cover on YouTube because that's what everyone was doing. Oh yeah. Right? And so I, I decided to play a song that I knew really well, which was Alicia Keys's if I ain't got you. Yeah. That's a great song. Incredible song. And so I, that's a great song. (laughs) Das. Das. I'm going to play that right after we're done. All right. Let's get it. All right. Let's play it right now. Commercial break. break. (laughs) Just uh, the entire song. We'll be right back. Just four minutes of the entire song. All right. Thanks. Anyways, (laughs) I don't think anyone could be mad at that. I don't think so. (laughs) So Alicia Keys. Yeah. Alicia Keys. And so, uh, when I put that on there, I then got a good response. And it's crazy because people don't have to give uh, a rip about you online. Yeah, if no, they no, don't no. like it, they're just brutally honest. They're going to tell you straight up. Yeah. Or they'll just straight thumbs down your video. And so I remember getting good ratios of thumbs up. I was like, hmm, it's actually, I was probably getting like dopamine hits. I'm like, yo, yo. <laughs> yeah, this feels great. Yo. <laughs> and then I was hooked as a YouTuber, 178,000 subscribers later, you know, yeah, nice. but, but, um, so I started get, basically it boils down to just affirmations. People are like, wow, I love your, how you did this and that. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh wow. So then I continued posting, um, videos of myself playing covers of songs. So yeah. I started like keeping track of things. And when like Adele came out with the James Bond theme song, I remember song. you learned that. Great yeah. Song. That's yeah. a fantastic song. I was like, I, I was like on the music scene. And so right when that dropped, I within two hours I had a cover and tutorial up. So mm. I, I always say you, I remember you used to hustle. Skyfall, that. Skyfall, Skyfall, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Not hello, hello, it's me. <laughs> Although I was, I was <laughs> the first person to put up a tutorial on that in the world. Were you really? For hello, yeah. You were like searching and stuff. Like you just, yeah. I knew right she was. Like, oh yeah, yeah. That's got like a couple million hits on you gotta YouTube. You got to be right on now. it, huh? To, oh yeah. I remember you would be like. Right away. Oh, sorry. Working on the trail. Like, oh, this Justin song Bieber just, just dropped a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd yeah. be on the yeah. feeds for sure. That was my life. Yeah, I was on these forums, uh, ATL, uh, .net or something like that. And you just learn by ear. Yeah, learn it you by just ear. Hear it and then yep. yeah, yep, learn it really quickly by ear. Memorize it, then uh, like break it down for people. Mm. What's, what's that called? Learning by ear. 
Just playing by ear. Really? Yep. Okay. Yep. I thought it was called transcribing for some reason. I think that's when you actually write the notes out. Right. When you write the music right. from Some people oh, from do that on ear. YouTube, right. By so ear. someone will Ooh. learn it by ear and then put it into a program or write it out. Wow. Transcribe it for people that read sheets. Sheets are the devil. Yes, that's a plug from my website. <laughs> <laughs> Follow this man. Follow him. Improv piano tips. Improvisation. Improv piano tips. Dot com. When did you? When did you turn it? When did you switch from? And what was like? I I got a market here. Like that's because obviously something went off in your head. Like people are watching me. Yes. So I I wish I could give you like a. It would be so cool to look back at like my subscriber count. Mm -hmm. Like I'm sure I could figure out what video it was or around the time that it was that I decided, you know what, I think I should try and like maybe put together like a course or program. Mm-hmm. Um, courses, online courses were just kind of an up and coming thing, which was cool. Cause I was like ahead of the, the curve end, or, sure. or with the curve. So I'm mm-hmm. not behind it. Like right now, if you're trying to do courses, it's like you're behind the, the curve. Flooded, huh? yeah, it, yeah. It's saturated, saturated for sure. Yep. Anyhow. So, a big thing was just being able to interact with people online. So people would comment and be like, I've been playing piano for so long and I can never get my rhythms to sound like that. How do you do that? So I was getting a lot of comments like that. And so asking for help. Yeah. And so that's what birthed my, um, my front runner program rhythm, rhythm techniques for you. I developed that program with nine exercises that I developed myself to help people's mind muscle connection to be uh, strengthened so that they could play with rhythm independence and hopefully help them play with dynamic rhythm. And so I put together that program and then I started selling it. And I remember, (laughs) I remember my first website cost me a little under a thousand dollars to have done Mm -hmm. by uh, Ken Grill. Mm. He's a guy that used to go to our church. And so it was just such a big process of things and it was just like a meandering river <laughs> with some yeah with some direction but it just all was such a a big morph yeah it was morphing yeah and so that was the launch of my first program there you go that's fantastic and the go. first year is up it didn't sell like anything like maybe like six units wow. and i had it priced at 19.99 yeah it made no sales really and then what spearheaded like my next level of sales was Oh, this is funny. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if I've told you guys this story. <laughs> I almost bought a program that guaranteed me. I was on an inf- infomercial. You were hooked. Yeah. This, they, this they made the emotional connection. They're, they're on they're step one right there. Yeah. Right? Step one. Yeah. I was they like ahead of you. Oh yeah. yeah. This guy just they hit you with step one. This guy was torqued. He was, <laughs> this guy was like, how do you know? He, that? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, he almost, he almost just owned me. So I was, um, Okay, so a little context to the story. I was probably like five. I was taller when I was younger. I wasn't sh- like short. Now I'm five ten, right? So I was probably like five eight, maybe five seven, five eight, right? Mm-hmm, I was yeah. like regular height for a guy at my age there, at like what seventeen, eighteen. Okay. But I wanted to be taller. I always felt like I was short, right? I know. And and I had I have a younger brother, his uh, Matt, and he's he's a uh, shorter. He's like the shortest of all five boys, and so he's like five five, four. Right. And so I had told him, Matt, look at this freaking infomercial. This guy is literally promising that you could grow three to four inches. And he was saying that you could do it like using these herbs and some other stuff. So this no way, this guy wrote Dang. such a good infomercial <laughs> that I almost dropped $43 on his 
But he, that's like just enough to be like, well, forty three dollars, I could let that go. Exactly. Yeah. I was you working at In and Out. That's that's thought. There's You're, thought behind that. Because that's like just like yeah, it's it's, just it's like enough. Yeah. But if it was like seventy five, I'd be like, whoa. Like, exactly. Yeah. Forty three is a. There's something that's too it's said a weird that number, number too. He got he got me emotionally. Yeah. For yeah. sure. So I literally was on the checkout page. No. <laughs> in the cart. Yeah. Yeah. I was in the cart, and then my younger brother Matt came through that's when he came through he's like what are you uh what are you doing or something like that somehow he saw my screen or something i'm like dude check this out and he literally shout out matt matt literally said nick are you serious dude he wasn't like mean but he's like are you serious you're serious you're gonna buy that right now that's like the stupidest thing logical yeah completely i can hear him saying that you're serious right now yeah that's that's the stupidest stupidest thing thing i've ever heard i'm like oh you're right so i didn't buy it no, oh yeah. my god so the way that ties into the whole story is i was like whoa if this guy can get me to almost buy like some shady stuff like this then maybe i'll try that for this rhythm techniques for you course that i've had up for a year i'll create an infomercial and sam your brother mike yeah. sam samuel navarez he helped me code the whole thing i i basically sent I him that i sent him the infomercial of this guy telling me that I could grow three inches. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, Sam, can you help me make it like this? I'll pay you and, and, and we'll do it. Anyways, that's what that's what took me to the next level. Wow. And I was, I think I made like that year with that infomercial, I think I made like $16,000. Wow. Heck yeah. Just on that, that course. And I yeah. sold it for $43. Dang, 43 bucks. Dude, wow. <laughs> dude, something I've honestly <laughs> always awesome. admired about you, and I don't know if I've ever told you this, and I, I told Mike something that is, we talk about hey we're gonna have nick on here's kind of why i like yeah what nick's doing yeah. is you went to four-year university paid your way through that with piano lessons mm-hmm. um you turned your hobby into a job there in a small scale and then you have an engineering degree which is admirable in itself and you decided at some point that you were done with that and we're just gonna pursue this entrepreneurship career your own business and just go for it and let that be that's a huge leap of faith and i just i admire you for that like what was that was that process difficult tell me about that thank you i appreciate that man no i really do i believe that thank you um yeah that process was difficult the bottom line is this um i married an awesome woman her name's lily and she got her master's degree from usc got a kick butt job right out of college Mm -hmm. and she makes good money Mm -hmm. right that uh, expedited the whole process because if I was by myself, I don't think I would have taken that leap if mm-hmm. I didn't have that steady income coming in. And so it yeah. boils down to, to Lily really. Um, it also is helpful. It, it expedited, expedited the process. I think eventually that's where my heart was. So yeah. maybe just yeah. now, instead of a, almost three years ago, I would have quit my engineering career. Maybe it would be like right now if I hadn't met Lily. So, wow. Cool. So, she yeah so it's so awesome to have just a a partner that's running with me she's not like my ball on chain she's running with me and she's there she's worked so hard in her master's degree and then got like such a awesome job and makes really good money now Mm -hmm. so it made the process a little bit easier actually for me to just be like okay i'm done with engineering but still i mean that's you know you're leaving 75 85 thousand dollars on the table oh absolutely But the web trust that what you've done is going to support you at that level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just going to get married to Lily. So there's some serious bills coming up. So it, well, there, there was a level of faith, but I knew the company, I could see where it was headed and I could tell that it, I had a good thing, a genuine thing and something that people 
wanted and needed is basically learning piano mm-hmm. and doing it quickly but legitimately without sheet music mm. yeah and since i took those 17 years of classical lessons i know how to do that and so yeah to answer your question the faith portion of it wasn't as needed as you would imagine okay for sure yeah. did you have any naysayers anyone in your life saying like hey that's not gonna work you should stick with your engineering degree because it is a big jump in my opinion. Well, yeah, it's like saying you're going to go be an actor. And it's, like, it's, like, it's, it's a tough It's like I'm a doctor. Market. I'm a doctor right now. I'm going to go and act or do stand-up comedy. I'm gonna- it's like, <laughs> what are you doing? You know? But but that might be your passion, you know? Like, I'm passionate about this. I'm passionate about and that. And it's also like, it's not like you weren't working on that the whole time. Right. I did have some naysayers and... Shout them out, bro. Tell them. Steven Tell Nunez, them, my older brother. <laughs> But but looking look looking, at me now, Steven. Look at look look. He's like crying. He's like in Calabasas in this million dollar couple million dollar house, million and a half. He's like he's I doing so great. To look at. He's so great. He's such a. I, I mean, the bottom line is, I'd look up to my my older brother. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so he always felt like he had to protect all the four younger brothers that he had, including me. Okay. So it's like, hey, Steven, I'm gonna go buy this car, and he's like, why would you buy that? Thing's a piece of junk. That's a he was looking out for you guys. Yeah, but he would be like, "Hey, that's the stupidest decision you've ever made." <laughs> very blunt about yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, he's like, I'm protecting you. So, so literally, I always had to defend myself around him. Yeah. And I remember him telling me, and he does not remember this, but boy, do I remember it stuck on me like so, so deep. When I got my first website done for a, like close to a thousand dollars. Yeah. He said, "You will never make that money back." <laughs> But he was stupid and in high school, and I mm. was also I, I I was just like I'll never forget that I was like yo. But he was coming. He he just had to figure out how to how to kind of quell and and um, tone back his older brotherness. And he was I mean he's like freaking raging hormones at like what mm-hmm. seventeen eighteen years old. You don't have a hold on your life. So I think some people yeah. are a lot more like logical in their planning and their and in their implementation so it's like yes. for him that yes. didn't make sense in his mind because his mind doesn't think about things in that way where you're just like all right well maybe i'm willing to take this risk because i understand how much i love this and how much i think that this has potential and and you're just balanced a little bit differently yeah yeah nick how did that make you feel coming from, from an older brother and also what'd you do to hang on to that you know dream and continue yeah that's a good question at the time, how did it make you feel? Yeah, well, I, I mean, it still it still makes me feel it. it I think, j- okay, so my dad, so the whole dynamic is that my dad is also very opinionated. So mm-hmm. then I have dad over me, very opinionated. Mm-hmm. You know that because yeah. that's your uncle. Yeah. And then Jordan, you know him just because you've yeah. been around my family a lot. You know, awesome dad, but very opinionated. Um, I, I can also be that way too. And you wonder why. Um, <laughs> and then Steven um, was also very opinionated as we just talked about. And so the way that it stuck with me is it, it affected my whole being of who I am. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So anytime I have an opinion on something or I'm trying to make decisions, mm-hmm. if someone gives me resistance, whether it's just their opinion on things, I have to like check myself because I get triggered. It was like, it, it was like a, an mm-hmm. emotion. It was a deep emotional uh, family of origin type of deal happening. Interesting. So yeah, that shaped me. 
and that yeah. carried into my marriage. Lily loves to question everything because she's she, a therapist. <laughs> she's a therapist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she loves to question everything. And you better believe that we butted heads because of my insecurity on that and, mm-hmm. and my lack of growth and being able to take like other people's opinions. Interesting. Interesting. Cause I was so wild. sensitive. To now, it. now did you, did you, let's see, how do I phrase this? When did you realize that about yourself? Like, Oh my God, I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of defensive in this area or I'm in general, I'm defensive. You know what I mean? Like yesterday. I, guess I literally <laughs> just woke up yesterday and realized. I'm on the car ride over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there's, in some senses, I think everybody has that to a certain level. Yeah. Because no matter what, like even for me, like my parents told me to do things and, and I always wanted to ask why. I always wanted to question and I was always shut down. And then I feel like there's a level of, not being a hundred percent, I don't know, like confident in what I say in some ways yeah. and in my decisions needing to hear someone else tell me, is this a good idea or not? Like that could stem from yeah, something that my parents shooting me down about their things and making sure that I was, you know, making certain decisions and stuff. Yeah. It's wild how every, it's, it's your environment. It's your environment at that age and what you, the environment you grew up in is going to influence really how you interact you. with your environment for the rest of your life. Yeah. Until you at least have realization and try to work on stuff. Yeah. And I think leave it up to something as intimate as marriage to expose anything that you need to work on, right? Yeah. Keyword expose, because that's what it does. Expose. Yeah, yeah, marriage yeah, exposes. Absolutely. That's crazy. <laughs> Jordan though, and dude. I are married, but. We, I mean, you will be. I'm not going to tell anybody. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> they're married. Cut that out. <laughs> Edit it. It was a quick <laughs> night in Vegas. Who? Um, Who? Hey. <laughs> Hold hey. on, cuz. Dang, that's crazy, dude. So you were kind of always on the defensive then in growing up? Yep. Okay. Yep. I could totally see that. I could totally see that translating into other parts of your life because that's how you grew up. If you said something, they're like, wait, what? And you're like, hold on. I have to defend who I am again every day, you know? Yeah. I could totally see that. Yeah, and it's so interesting because as you get older, you start understanding yourself in view of your surroundings, your environment, your circumstance. Mm-hmm. Like I, uh, about a year and a half ago, I worked myself maybe a, a year ago, I worked myself into the ground. Like I had a, an emotional, like breakdown, nervous breakdown mm-hmm. type of thing. I'm like, what the heck? Like I had a panic attack middle of the day. Like it was probably like at one, I had just had lunch and I think just the amount of stress Mm-hmm. moving through my body for that long a time just got to me. And I always thought people that had mental breakdowns or nervous breakdowns were just like weak people. And I, I've been through the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's horrible. Your heart rate. And then like I got dizzy and uh, I I felt like I was going to ex- freaking explode. It was just so anyone that's been through that, like you, Jordan or Mike, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you've gone through that. You, you just understand that feeling. It's just the worst feeling ever. Right. And so I, looked at that and number one I realized obviously a couple of things I can't work that hard what am I doing but then I look back to my family of origin and my circumstance and everything why did I learn to work so hard and how did I learn to work so hard well right ice hockey I played so much ice hockey and I was such a I'm still very competitive and you guys know this like a bowling I like bowling I, I will practice that till I have it to like an art <laughs> I'm not like pro but I'm pretty damn good yeah ping pong 
pretty damn good. I took you out in ping pong. Yeah, yes, you did. Oh, that upset <laughs> yeah, the I hell. Hated it. Oh. You pulled that, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You did it like 10 years ago, and you're like, I beat you once. No, 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 no. No, I recently. I played got... almost. I was There was a time at work I was playing almost every he day. He got really good. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And I hadn't played in a long time, and I was like, oh, I can come back. And then I just could not beat him. I was, yeah, dude, I just I invited him over out to work. My, like, you freaking dude. Through. And he's like, all right, like, it'll be fun. I'm like, yeah, you It'll don't be competitive. Know. You don't even know what's going to happen. And then, and then I came back. I was like, oh, I'm going to start practicing. I'm going to beat him. And then I couldn't. And I'm like, oh, I'm right. over this. So I just have to, I'm going to give Mike props. He's a very freaking good ping pong yeah, player. Dude. And I could not last. As it stands, as it stands, I can't beat him as it stands right now. Right now you can't? Right now. I don't, I don't know. How long? When was the last time you played? Um, I think like last week. I've oh, been playing you a little play bit. in the office, huh? Yeah, it's always in. It's in the well, office. Oh, oh, it's you, on. It's on. Nick yeah. was running. Nick and I, for those of you who don't know, Nick and I were college roommates. Both went to Cal State Long Beach, um, and there'd be days where we were both on campus, and I would just text him, "Hey, dude, like, what's up? Like, what are you doing? Are you studying? Where are you at? Are you headed back like to the apartment? What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I'm in the student union." And I'm like, "I already know where to find this fool. <laughs> <laughs> he's freaking, <laughs> He's down there table. on the bottom floor." Just ripping on the ping pong tables, and I'd walk in there and be like, "What's up, dude?" You'd say, "What's All up?" And you're, just, you're just kicking everybody's ass in there, bro. You're like, "Oh yeah, I beat him, 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 him." That's About hilarious. to play him. I'm like, "This guy." Dude. And then this Japanese dude named his name was like Toyota. I kid you not. Toyota. Really? Yeah, Yami Shaki or something. <laughs> no, this fool Toyota? played. I kid you not. Like a foreign no one, student, yeah, was... no one could be, could beat him. No one oh, could touch sure. him. Like, dang it, dude. I'm all man, Toyota. 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 That's <laughs> so going back to the ice hockey thing, because you learned. So you played in in college, but before that you played, right? Yeah, yeah. Before that, I played, and okay. so and so um, I played at a really high level when I was younger, and did some fun things with it, and played with some incredible guys that uh, went pro. I thought I was gonna go pro, and so I was competitive by nature, and then also I'm not sure if it's just my DNA to to work really hard or if it's like parents or a combination of both. I, I think it's a combination of both now saying that out loud because my parents just encourage us, Hey, work hard, stay focused. Good things will come. Like good things mm-hmm. don't come easy. Like how are you going to expect good things without working for them? Mm-hmm. So the way that like that all transpired is I would get up like at four, uh, 5 AM mm-hmm. to, to train when I was freaking 14 years old because I played on such an elite team. We were like world recognized. They did a whole movie on us and stuff. What was it called? The team? Uh, the California Wave. California Wave. Yeah, Bantam, the 90s team, because we were born in 1990. Right. Bantam AAA team. In fact, we uh, there's this tournament, well-known tournament in uh, Quebec, or I'm sorry, uh, Kamloops, which is in Canada. And all the big professional guys play in this tournament. Mm-hmm. And we were the first U.S. team in 40, 37 or 47. Wow. My, my memory of all that. It's either 37 or 47 yeah. years. First U.S. team wow. to ever win that invitational tournament. Not just anyone can come. It's an international tournament. Like Russian teams are there. Uh, different European teams are there. Bad. Obviously Canadian teams. Yeah. All the top teams from, from the U.S. are there. They're huge on hockey. Yeah. yeah. We kicked ass, man. And we, <laughs> Dude, I have a huge so ring sick. from that. Yeah, first oh, U.S. Yeah. team in the history of the tournament. Wayne Gretzky played in, in the tournament. Wow, you I think. guys were repping California yeah, Wave, man. just a ton of surfers. California Wave. California Wave. What does a wave have to do oh, in hockey? Yeah. Ice hockey. Nothing. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we're we're like a we we were a big deal, and so I just worked really hard, 
Um, and so that's, that's, that's what I was basically saying is that my like family of origin, my childhood mm. affected a of, of lot of who I am today. Yeah. You know, my insecurities and then yeah. the good traits to work really hard and be able to start a company and keep going when you think you're going to freaking mm-hmm. eat it or well, fail. Dude, there's nothing to challenge you. Like being grown up in this fostered environment that fosters certain behaviors and attitudes and just welcomes them and brings it in. And all of a sudden to be pulled from that and dumped in a completely new environment, especially when I think like you said, like your, your house life was a very intense, like it was, your dad was an intense person. He was a strong willed man and, and you therefore, you know, grew strong will, grew defensive, grew all these things, but it was okay in your house. And then all of a sudden, all these things that were very exaggerated characteristics, you pull that out of one situation, dump it in another, you know, pool. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it's bouncing off of very different things and very different you're, you're bouncing off of someone else who's been in a completely different pool where mm-hmm. they learned their norm for such and such years of their life. And now all of a sudden you're in the same pool and you're like, whoa, yeah. things bounce off of different people differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you took that uh, gnarly work ethic that you had from all that growing up and you're like, okay, well, I mean, kind of in a sense, this is all I know, or this is what I've been operating under. So I'm just going to apply this to whatever I'm doing, a.k.a. Yeah. piano and your, your your company, which is very cool. Yeah. Very ping cool pong, here. chess, ping pong. ice hockey. Except for ping pong, dude. That's yeah, where I got yeah, you. Yeah. I'm going to stop saying that. I got you ping pong. Yeah, yeah. 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 I should start you saying should chess. Saying that. Yeah. I should start saying you chess. You got me in chess? I got you on ping pong. I got your number when it comes to ping pong. Something dude. else that I realized, too, in this conversation is that I think for the most part, people like doing what they're good at. And yeah. I think re- through, through talking right now to you is not realizing that whatever Nick does – he's really good at like everything you do and everything you like to do, you excel and you do. Yeah, really I'll find well. a way to be good. Yeah, I'll practice do, and in the wee hours of the morning, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <the wee hours>. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> but, I, I remember when you picked up bowling, you were all about it. I think it was just a casual night. We were like, want to go bowl, but mainly just eat pizza and, and drink some beer. <laughs> and Nick's like, I can get good at this. Nick's like, yeah, I want to go bowl. He's well, like, but the only one bowling. I think anybody <laughs> wants to do something they're good at. It's frustrating to do yeah. something you're bad at. Oh, so sure. it's like, that's a quality that I think you have that everyone has, but you have it. And then you were like, okay, I want to get good at this. I'm going to get really good at this. Yeah. Weren't you saying that about Matt as well? That Matt's similar to that? Matt's very similar to that. Um, my brother? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was Matt, mentioning that the other night. Matt's that your very, brother... I mean, he's like my best friend. Uh, he, he, yeah. He's very meticulous about what he chooses to do. So if he chooses to do something, that's usually because he loves it or he, or it piques an interest. And when he does it, he does it 110%. And he's like usually a god at it, you know? Like he's into engineering. He likes engineering. He's already super talented. He's done a lot of projects. I think he did a paintball gun, a, a wine bottle. Who yeah. the hell does it as a student? Yeah. And and has has done work and sold like his work and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah, he's, he's very much so an all-in guy when he's – all about something that's super similar to yours yeah yeah it's crazy because i'm thinking about all my brothers and everyone shares that similar characteristic where if you're gonna do it you better be good at it because what was it when we were younger it's like oh what Uh, you're horrible at that game what are you what are you doing or that's like (laughs) oh you built a little fort that fort's crap you know i mean we wouldn't i don't think we'd eat each other up like that but it was like kind of it's just like boys. Bluntness. It's like how many uh, yeah. for, for the people that are listening. How many uh, brothers did you have? Uh, four brothers. Four brothers. Okay. Yeah. So, so five like, in total. Yeah. And so you if I go second to oldest, yeah. Yeah, I'm the second out of the five. So if like I go through everyone, we share. We all share that that trait of 
if you're going to do something, be good at it. And I really do think it was, it was just the nature of being around four brothers because the brothers, I'm, I'm not, we were not, our parents did not let us tear each other down. As a matter of fact, we would get spankings for using, (laughs) we had a spanking chart, fam. Yeah. My mom would be like, Oh, that was very disrespectful. That's three spankings. Oh, yeah, so my you parents hit the very on the disrespectful scale. Yeah, not, not slightly, not mildly, but very. Like oh, you three. Oh, you lied. <laughs> Eight spankings. Oh, don't you freaking lie. And oh, so, and so, it was a. Uh, we wouldn't tear each other, each other down with words, but just as men and boys, or boys that were going to become men, that's uh, just in our nature. The competitiveness, the adventure of it all, you know. Mm. And so, if I go through everyone, Stephen, my older brother, super successful, makes lots of money, climbed to the top of the corporate ladder very quickly has a one and a half million dollar house me my company so blessed to be able to like be doing what i love mm-hmm. but also a ton of work ethic there uh matt he's so focused on what he does like he loves rock climbing and he's gonna get re- pretty darn good at it yeah or or rubik's cube he got so good at the rubik's cube that he could do it almost in the world record timing he yeah. timed himself it was insane he would oil his he would take apart all the cubes or however the Rubik's cube is put together, oil it so that it moved faster. He could look, he could uh, scramble it up, look at the Rubik's cube, memorize what he, all the moves he had to, had to do. Blindfold, he could do it. Yeah, I remember. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, he's crazy. crazy. So it's like you start. I just yeah. now talking out loud about it. I see that everyone yeah. is like that. Okay, so that's Matt, and then two more brothers. Let me see. So uh, Josh, Josh is the the quieter one in terms of like not wanting to prove himself because that's just who he is he's like um he and that's why people think he's so emotional well it's because he has four brothers badgering him who maybe genetically have a stronger personality to deal with that stuff josh struggles with that and that's why everyone thinks he's so moody is because he has to deal with that all the time but he's actually a pretty strong individual and also very good at things that he does i think josh is if i just will throw out here to josh i've always admired josh because i think he's strong in ways that maybe the rest of you guys aren't because he doesn't care what people think correct he doesn't he doesn't i remember he's had to that's how he survived yeah yeah exactly that's that's something that i admire about him yes shout out josh i remember someone said Someone said, yeah, I went to Spain with Josh not too long ago. He was awesome over there. Yeah. Like, we just did whatever, and I was like, let's do this. And he's like, all right. Like, he was down for everything, you know? Yeah. Um, I remember, I forgot who was telling me this, but they said they saw Josh. I think it was you, Jordan. They saw Josh at in the parking lot of Ralph's, and he had his scooter, but he was hanging out with these <laughs> girls. And I was like, dude, <laughs> that is so Josh. Hanging out with girls, right? But he's still all about, like, what he wants to do. He has his scooter there, and he's probably doing, like, tail whips and all that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he probably cool. felt so secure yeah, because didn't care. people aren't giving him crap, like his yeah. older, bro- uh, older brothers. But I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. We wouldn't, but we would. But mm. yeah, well, I think the enough. listener gets it, or you guys get and it, Josh, too. he's a really good uh, drummer. Yeah, excellent. Amazing oh, drummer. He's just a music musical person. Yeah. He's very talented. Yeah, he's got so many talents. Um, so many talents. He, he, it's like um, different strengths, for sure. For sure, right? yeah. And then Aaron... It's just freaking brain Brainiac. because he has always had to, he's always had to defend himself with his four older brothers, the youngest, yeah. which is crazy. If you think about it, he's very, that's why he's so strong willed. Like I thought we all thought he's going to be an attorney. Who knows? He works at Starbucks right now. <laughs> really frick. He'll make the most money out of anyone. <laughs> very handsome guy. Like just a great smile. And he knows. I haven't seen him in so long. He knows. Go to the Starbucks over here by our house, dude. He knows so much about like almost everything. Talk. I, I remember having 
adult conversations with him when I was like 18, 19. And he was, I don't know how younger he is, maybe six years younger than me. So he was like 12 or 13. Dude, there's something to be said about a younger sibling. What's the gap between him and Steven? So Aaron is, oh gosh. Is Steve's so 30 right quiz. now? Okay, no, Steve's 30, like 31 or 32. I think he's 31. And then okay. Aaron is, I think Aaron is approaching 20. So it's around 10, 11 oh, years. Okay, that's 10, the 11 same to 12 gap years. to Taylor and I being mm. the top of my family siblings and to the bottom. So it's about the same. Yeah. And it's crazy to have to look at that gap and look at that young person and see what they had to deal with and learn through being that far behind the top and then right. being around that environment is being young and learning how to hold your own and learning how to be relevant in you a conversation to, yeah. of, of all people that are much older than you around you. Yeah. It's wild because Taylor can hang with people that are older than him. Shout out to the youngest. They're the most right? bad to the bone. Yeah, <laughs> they really are. I think um, in, in my family too, I'm, I'm the second youngest, but I totally see this in my little brother. He's seven years younger than me, and I, I go to him for everything I need or want to find out. Like today I, was, I gave my mom – it's Valentine's Day. Um, I gave my mom some flowers today, and I went over to her to their house and I, and I gave it to her in person and I was like, Hey, uh, I was like, Hey, Cuyo, what happened to this? And he's like, Oh, you know, X, Y, Z, this is what happened. I'm like, oh, okay. I could go to him for anything. Um, anything that's happening in the house, anything that I need to know about the family. He's like the source of knowledge. Yeah. You know, it's like, I just go to him. I'm like, Hey, what's up with, uh, you know, him or her. And he's like, oh, well, this happened, this happened, you know? It's like he collects everything, dude. Tay's the same thing. I bet Aaron tells you all that stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they're, like, in charge of the household. Because we've moved on. Yeah, and they've had to, like, kind of take on that mantle in a sense, you know? Well, my mom, your aunt, is the youngest of all the siblings, right? Right. right? And if you think about my mom as an older lady, 53, love you, mom, um... What a what a freaking beautiful soul. She's a freaking angel. She's really patient. She's very strong person, like personality-wise. Like you should hear her when she's on the phone talking to like the HOA and they're they're going to court with their HOA or whatever it is. Oh, Serious really? stuff, right? They're going through that right you, now. You hear my mom on the phone? Wow. She is no pushover. I mean, she raised five boys that are, you think we're tough? You should see my mom. She's bad to the bone. Oh, she had to be tougher. Yeah. Exactly. So so she's the youngest. Again, shout out to the youngest. I think they really learn so many valuable skills and they understand dynamic really mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. I've always been super fascinated by birth order and how that affects a person and where you're at. I mean, it's obviously so different because there's so many factors within each family and different activities that you're involved with, or if you're into the same things and you're competitive with those things with your peers, with your siblings, like there's just so many things, but I think there's a lot of overlying themes and commonalities that are between relevant birth for order. Sure. There's like oh, books yeah. on that. Stuff. Oh yeah. yeah, for sure. My mom like used the to read middle books child on that. is this, the older one's the leader yeah. or whatever, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So Aaron, um, <laughs> what was I going to say? I was going to say something about my Aaron's younger brother, brainiac. Aaron. You guys were talking. About oh yeah. Okay. Check this story out. This is a, f- oh man, I'll never forget this. Okay. So we, let's see, it was my dad, myself, my older brother, Steven and Aaron. So it's Aaron with the three top dogs, if you want to call them that, right? Uh, Me, my older brother, and my dad. We're all so opinionated, including myself. I've had to learn how to be like, yeah, whatever, dude. And um, Aaron at the LA Auto Show was probably at the time like 12 years old. 12 years old. So envision a little 12-year-old hanging out out with the 18-year-old, the 20-year-old brother, and then dad, right? We're going through... 
and he would call out like these th- these facts about cars as we're walking through. He's like, "Oh, that's that's the first electric uh, hybrid right there. That's that's the first one in the world." <laughs> and my older brother, I remember it wasn't me. My older brother and dad shot him down. There's no way, Aaron. No, no. I think it's this. Blah 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 blah. blah. Fact check him. Fact check him. Google it. Boom. He's correct. He did this to us. <laughs> and this day live, lives in infamy where he did not mess up on any facts where my dad and my older brother were wrong. I kid you not, probably like eight or nine times. If, if my dad and my brother were on this podcast, they would attest to it. They got freaking rolled by my younger brother. He's so knowledgeable. He always has like has to prove himself. And yeah. so he does prove himself. He Made knows him his stronger. stuff. Good for him. If he ever talks, that kid is like, for sh- I would never disagree with him. And I don't normally... Um, because I know he knows his stuff. Yeah. Bottom line. So that's he's bad. So, Shout out to so Aaron. Aaron. Shout dude, out to the younger. That's so we're going to call this pot. Let's call, call this youngest. series. The youngest. <laughs> the, youngest dude. the youngest. The youngest. There's a story that I always tell about Taylor. That's similar. When I think I was about 15, 16, which would have made him four or five years old. And it was myself, a good friend of mine, Luke Caldwell joined us like for oh, dinner yeah. for Luke. Yeah. Good dude. Molly Blake. And I think they both had a friend there with them. And we were talking about one of Molly's friends at um, that went to Marietta Valley High School at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Luke's girlfriend also went to Marietta Valley High School. And so we were trying to, like, put the pieces together and be like, oh, does Molly know her? And we started being, like, goofy about things. And then it was like, oh, like, what does she look like? And then just being sarcastic and goofy, we're like, well, what does she smell like? Like, what's – oh, like, what kind of, like, like clothing color styles does she wear? Oh, does she, like – eat out a lot like just the dumbest like we were just rolling with it and then taylor being four or five years old no joke pipes in does she like canned food and i was like what i was like dude this kid caught on to that this kid's four or five years old and was catching this sarcastic vibe that we were on and we were all just like what Taylor's a homie. Taylor's a homie. They just absorb it dude they absorb it from the older brothers learning a ton Yeah. yeah my little brother um I would say we're more often not a little hard on my little brother. Well, absolutely. Very hard. Always the hardest. Just because he's the youngest, yeah. but um, he's built up such resilience. And, uh, That's like, a great adjective for like, him. Like Aaron, he knows his stuff. He might not know what Aaron knows or any of us, of, of us know, but when he knows something, he definitely knows something. And what's cool to see mm-hmm. him uh, develop over the years is that he's so handy. He is so handy. I can always count on him to help me with stuff like anything I'm working with my hands. He, he's always there to help. Um, uh, and he just, he, he just comes up with things and these ideas. And, and I have a memory of him when he was younger, he was a baby, probably still in diapers. And he had my dad's hammer and a, a piece of two by four <laughs> and like 40 nails. And he would just be grabbing these nails and hammering them into the two by four, just grabbing. And, and it, it would, I would be inside in the living room playing like halo this was when we lived in wildemar i'm productive yeah i'd be playing halo that was my thing i just i was all about oh, I games i love halo dude yeah. we should get halo tonight you guys got that xbox we, we do have it. <laughs> do you yeah, yeah it's right there. It's, 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 but anyways yeah i would be playing halo sam would be on the computer alex would probably be listening to music and we were all inside and my little brother just you well we didn't know it was him but we just hear this noise like ka 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 God, outside, no like, way! <laughs> yeah, so we look outside of the window, and it's it's my little brother Alfonso, and he's just hammering these nails 
into a two by four and there's like 40 nails into this two by four just a small two by four you would grab with your your you would almost yeah, fit it in yeah. your hand and we're like a little what scrap the heck? piece yeah it was a little scrap piece because my dad is very a uh, hands-on worker he's a manual uh laborer i guess yeah but mm-hmm. yeah i was like dude this is crazy i always remember that that and he would make his own little boats that he would when he would have baths it would be a wooden boat made out of two by four also with nails. <laughs> and he'd be like, this is a boat. I'm like, wow, that's so crazy, dude. Like, oh my God. What a great story style. and memory. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell that at his wedding, but he has his own style, his own talents. And it's cool seeing that as an older brother, you guys totally can attest cool. to yeah. this, you know, seeing your little brothers grow up and, and now they're all awkward and they're adulthood and all that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so cool, man. They're they're well on their way. Yeah. That's why sure. we gotta we gotta tell them this week our younger brothers were proud of them. Yeah. I try yeah. to do that to my younger brother because now looking back you have all this perspective, obviously, yeah. about life. Yeah. Like Even how we're talking told me this. Yeah. 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 And it's just so cool to see like they're actually probably the best kids out of all of us just because of their birth order in some mm-hmm. respect. They learn yeah. like uh, maybe I retract that. (laughs) Well, I, I I would say that, um, I'm a little hard on, well, I think all the older brothers in my family are a little hard on the youngest. Um, just because we don't want him to make the same, I guess, quote unquote mistakes that we did, uh, when we were his age. Um, so we're very on top of him when it's all of us together. We're like, Hey, (laughs) we don't let him step out of line. Yeah, (laughs) We, We all, I, we're very strong, um, uh, people too in my family, me and my brothers, but we're emotionally strong and, and we're, we're very emotionally aggressive. So that was in our family growing up. And, and you know, the youngest got the full brunt of that, you know, he, he, yeah. he was not allowed to step out. He's going to kill marriage. Yeah. I, I wonder <laughs> though, awesome. if like that has anything to do with the parents, maybe being softer on the youngest. Cause I feel like I mean, in my, I don't know, my family, I don't know your family. I think, I mean, obviously I think parents get tired a little bit, but like, I think there's a lot of factors where it's like my brother gets away with a lot more stuff than I could have ever dreamed of getting away with. And then it's like, okay, what, what plays into that? Yeah, all I'm saying is I got whipped a lot more than my younger brother. (laughs) Same thing, same exact thing. There's no such thing as a whipping chart. You know how I mentioned that earlier? We had that. Yeah. Yeah, Aaron didn't have it. But I think I think the parents the parents are so loving and they care so much about their kids to a point that we can't understand right now because yeah. we don't have kids. Mm-hmm. And so I think they understand all that and see all that. They see how much crap the younger one takes and and so I think they're able to <clears throat> excuse me. They're able to see that and then be also tired. Yeah. <laughs> it just fits. It just fits a good flow in the family. I yeah, think. Yeah. Cause I also saw that for my younger brother, Aaron and Josh. I was like, what the heck? Sometimes I'm just like, Whoa, that was really disrespectful. I could never talk no, like that no. to mom and dad. My and, mom would destroy us. Yeah. So I think the, uh, so I, I mean, there's so much dynamic, but yes, I think it's good that parents lay off the kids a little bit when they're younger. Yeah. I guess I'll see when I'm a parent. If the younger one has older siblings. Yeah. So, it's, have you thought about that cousin like growing up with all these siblings and then and you're in marriage now um preparing to have uh, a family in the future yeah. how are you gonna raise your kids based off of what you've experienced you're i like think, man i'm gonna whip I'm... these little kids <laughs> well okay no, so we Just have chasing them around the I'm house yeah. <laughs> i'd be like get over here no <clears throat> Last night, so funny you, you mentioned that. Last night I was thinking about that because we have two dogs, mm-hmm. and one of the dogs is a boy, 
and he's getting all sorts of testosterone flowing through his freaking veins at nine months. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, doesn't matter if we walk him, play with him. He just has so much energy. So when we leave him at home, he finds stuff to chew up, even if we put everything away. So he chewed up one of the books that I'm reading, which is called The Motivation Myth. I'm like so into it. Now I have to buy a new one. He Dang. tore it to pieces, right? My wife sent me a, f- uh, a text about him doing that. When I was at the bowling alley last night, perfecting my game, yeah. competitive. Threw the, threw the bowling ball halfway across the lane. <laughs> oh, I was, I was fuming. <laughs> this is bullshit. Yes, yes, dude. I was, I was Everyone's fuming. Like, People okay? probably thought I was like, so number one, you're so weird because you're there alone. I get that. <laughs> it's like going to the movies by yourself. Uh huh. Yeah, that's I me. I still, I do that. I do that. That's me. So, so, so I uh, was really upset with him, and I had mentioned that we should probably. Think about uh, administering some um, uh, deeper consequences, like taking a belt and hitting him so that it hurts mm. when we find that, right? Because if you hit these dogs, we have smaller dogs with your hand. That's like so dangerous in anger if you're going to do that. And I have done that to our other dog, Lila, and it scared me because I hit her snout. I meant to hit her snout uh, and I hit her eye really hard Ooh. with my hand. And I'm like, whoa, I cannot believe I hit her that hard out of anger. And what if I busted her eyeball or really hurt her? Mm. I was so scared, right? So to answer your question with kids, when I have kids, one thing I'm going to work on is I'm going to work on my patience and my anger mm-hmm. to, to not let my emotions take over in the moment when I'm like freaking fuming and just learn to like cool down and especially no, like no physical punishment. Mm-hmm. I believe in, I believe in spanking the rod of correction. That's what I believe in. That's how I grew up. So I do want my kids to be disciplined when it's appropriate, appropriate according to their, to their spiritual like level, because some kids spirits are like weaker. Like Benny as a dog, you can break his spirit where he's pissing on the ground. Lila, our other dog, she has a much stronger spirit. You can already tell these spirits of how someone is built. Mm-hmm. Even in dogs, they're like willpower, huh? Yeah, exactly, willpower. That's like, so true. and so I want to remember that for my kids. That's what? so true. Sorry, go ahead. No, either oh, way. I was gonna say, um, um, I kind of saw that growing up in my family, where I guess I get now it's easier to see that as as I'm uh, as I grow and I'm, I'm older now, right? Yeah. But looking back, I was able to see that my parents didn't have a good grasp on understanding the differences in their kids. So they treated us all the same, you know, and that um, I, I remember my brothers would have a hard time. So there'd be certain areas where my brothers would have a hard time as they grew up. And they're like, I don't understand why mom and dad do this. Well, they didn't know that they had to adjust per child. You know, they, they were what's the saying? Are we first generation? Am I a first generation immigrant? What's, yeah. What's yeah. The, You're yeah first, my, yeah. So they were immigrants coming here and we're first generation immigrants um, and their parents had less knowledge for them. So, I mean, that's, I guess that's where like the understanding comes on our side, but I really think that as a parent, you need to be able to adjust. Yeah. You know, and that's one thing that I know I will do as a parent. I'm sure you, you know, that seeing your, I think your mom, my aunt did an amazing job with you guys. And even with us, like the love she gave us, she was able to adjust so much based off of like the type of person they were. That's so true. Yeah. I feel like I've had nothing but training as a teacher. Cause it's like, I've got to give yeah, kids you call consequences it daily. and yeah, it's unreal. Um, something that I've realized that seems to be the most effective for me as a teacher that I think if, if I had the opportunity to be a father, I carry that over into that would be expressing why consequences exist. Hmm. 
a lot of a lot of times like I I don't even think you people realize why when I was a kid I didn't even realize why I was just getting I was just, it's like I just associated with do bad get bad where it was like if if you did something wrong and someone said please don't do that again and you never did it again as a kid there would never be a consequence because you would listen you would hear that and you'd say I don't, I'm not gonna do that again and you'd switch mm. you do it again your parents look at you you say okay like that's what, like with the students I'm like I, I asked you not to do it again you chose to do it again so what I just did didn't work so what should I do tell me what to do because I have to do something that you don't like in response for you to realize that you don't have to do it again yeah, and what, do you ask them? What I should literally I do? say that. Dude, well, I, correction. Dude, I, I literally, <laughs> dude, I, that, I look at them in their faces and say, what do you, my hands are tied. I have to do more. As a teacher? You're telling me that what I did wasn't enough. Yeah. So I have to do more. That's why consequences exist. Back, fam, with, you, you no, get a I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying <laughs> that. I'm just saying it's like, I, I just start with a lot of freedom in my classroom. They're yeah. allowed to have their phones. I don't take their phones. They're allowed to be on their phones casually here and there. But then there's classes where I'm like, all right, well, now I got to have your phones turned in every day yeah. because you, you can't handle the freedom. Yeah. And that's the consequence. And they realize, they're like, oh, we didn't listen when he told us. Now the consequence is bigger. Yeah, it kind of, um, it kind of gives them that reality check. Like, okay. This is my consequence. I have to go through this. And especially the way you word it, you chose to do that again. What should I do? That gets them thinking. I remember I was in so many situations like that as a kid growing up. The teacher would ask me, Michael, what should I do? And I'm like, I, I, I'm such a jokester that I would be smiling or smirking rather. And I'd be like, um, let me go. Yeah, be chill about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Let me go to recess. <laughs> Don't tell my parents. <laughs> that's what you should do. Yeah, but that's not like. Especially, I don't. I think that's why I like teaching high school, though, is because these kids are a little <laughs> bit more mentally aware that when you ask them a question like that, like it kind of like breaks through to a different level. Because I'm sure their parents don't ask them what, like, they get a bad grade and they're like, "Give me your phone, give me your PlayStation, give me all this," and they're just like, "Oh, yeah. well, it's like not, this not tension." Where it's just like, there's not this, like, explain why you are doing what you're doing. It's hard yeah. with a dog. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It's a little there has bit different. To be, yeah, there has to be the love. Well, even a dog, it sounds so funny because I'll probably listen back to this and just be like, wow, or people are rolling their eyes at me because I don't have children. But even with the dogs, you if you come at them with love, like they can feel it. Dogs are smart. Yeah. Emotionally intelligent. They can feel things. I, I truly believe that. And so I think that also goes into discipline without being a parent. I don't know. I shouldn't talk too much because I'm not wise in that. But if you have love, then love would lead you to explain, hey, this is why. My mom used to do that. Mm. We used to get spanked. We would cry because it hurt like hell. Five minutes later, every time my mom would come in and give us affection, number one, would hug us, and then number two, explain why we got spanked wow every time Dang. well because she's doing it in a way of strategy she's not doing it out of anger because yeah. if you're doing it out of anger then you almost have to go in and apologize yeah she yeah. never apologized then it's not a correction it's like my bad yeah I'm because then it's like you. then yeah. it's very confusing yeah. i think my uh, my my mom it was like almost always out of anger yeah. Yeah. So it was interesting to be a part of that growing up. You're as a kid, you're like, yeah. man, mom is popping off right now. She's <laughs> like, man. And my mom was, I mean, when she had energy, she was just like untamable. My dad, I don't know how he did it, <laughs> but my dad's like a peaceful stream. He's like, yeah, okay. 
I'll just go with it, you know? <laughs> um, but my mom would pop off. I mean, you know, yeah. Nick. You know my mom. Dang. But uh, that's really cool. That's that's really cool. I didn't know that about your mom. Yeah. That she did that. Every time. That's that's very that's being very mindful of what you're doing and what you need to do after this. Yeah, she had the end game planned. She mm-hmm. wasn't just spanking because the kid pissed her off. She was thinking, yeah. okay, there's going to be like it's a mental game when you're yeah. dealing with young people to get them to listen and to pay attention yeah. and to hear you and to be in that moment of reflection and clarity and to do it right and to approach it right so that you're able to foster them to growth. Yeah. yeah. It always comes back to love if yeah. you really think about it cuz she agree. just she affectionately loved us. She would come and hug us once she heard we were done crying. Sometimes we would laugh cuz we'd pretend it hurt. <laughs> and then <laughs> we'd be freaking laughing when she left oh the room. But we didn't want to hear her uh let her, her hear us laughing because yeah. then she'd be like dad's going to be home at 5:30 and you guys are going to be meeting him in the office. Because she would hear that it didn't hurt us. But anyways. Oh, never want to hear that. Yeah, so if they have to get never. back to dad, it was yeah, over. Yeah, it ain't good. <laughs> it, it ain't good. over for you. Yeah. But, but it's funny because that translates, at least in my experience as a youth leader, I work with freshman uh, boys right now that yeah. have the freshman group. And these kids just rule the roost. They are so cool. They all ride uh, dirt bikes. They have the hottest freshman... Th- they're hanging out with senior girls. So you're you as a teacher, you mm-hmm. going to public school. I didn't go to public school. You guys can understand this. The hottest girls, like these juniors, not seniors. I think they're like juniors. Older girls are hanging out with these freshmen that look like they're in college almost, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah. So that's the dynamic. Well, I've developed a relationship with them for the past six months, seeing them uh, on a weekly basis, and then I spend time with some of the kids that um, want to spend time one on one, and we do some devotions. And recently, as of yesterday, I went off on one of the kids and then I remembered I was really stern with him and he was like, he was whining in the car He after because he, he was like triggered because I was so hard on him verbally. Mm-hmm. I was basically telling him, don't lie to me because one of your friends told me this and that and he was staying, he was sticking by his guns. And, and so I was kind of getting on his case and telling him, look, don't disrespect me like that because I spend time out of my day. I could be working on my company. I could be out getting some beers with my friends. I could be working on my piano playing because I love it. Yeah. I'm sacrificing time. Do not disrespect me like this. Right. So I was really hard on him and I could tell it affected him. Well, I remembered what my mom used to do to us. And so after service, I went up to him and I touched him on the shoulder and I said, Hey man, I just want to let you know that I love you and I care about you. And that's, and I want a level of respect to be made between us. Yeah. And I just wanted to tell you that. And I gave him a hug and that meant everything to him. Wow. So it was love after the discipline. Yeah. I went off on him. Yeah. I think there's got to be love throughout love before even, and then after, which it it continues like that because if you're doing it after, then it rolls over until you have to then again, put some sort of discipline into play. I think love in, in, in a sense can be tough, like, like, and it could present itself as like discipline or like a check, like, Hey, let me tell you what's up. Cause I love you so much. If I didn't love you and I didn't really care about you, whatever, I don't care. You can just keep doing what you're doing then. Yeah. Know? It's hard, man. I had a really good day today with my students. Um, my avid class, I've been on them really like on them. You've just, been telling me about this. Dude, dude. I've been on their head. Like, and I, I called them out. I was like, 
I literally said name by name, these students, I was like, I've been on you. Like I've been working, I've been making sure you're working. I've been like over your shoulder every minute of every day. Like, but I'm not doing this. I literally had them take a survey. I made a survey this morning on Google Forms and it was like, it was like questions like, um, does like Mr. Bentley love me? Yeah. No. <laughs> no joke, dude. No joke. Clearly he doesn't. Scale of, scale of one to five. Like, I think this class is a waste of my time. Scale of one to five. Yeah. I think what we do in Avid is going to help me go to college. Scale of one to five. What's I five think, being the... What? Like, agree, strongly okay, agree, okay, okay. and then strongly disagree. Okay, okay, okay. And then um, uh, I, I literally put, like, in, like, for word for word, I think the activities that we do in this class are a waste of my time. Straight up. And I was like, I, th I think my teacher cares about me as a person. I think my teacher cares about me and my success in life. I think, and just like really, and I was like, I want you to be brutally honest. And I said, I think my teacher, because a lot of these kids don't buy into the whole Avid thing. I said, I, I think my teacher believes in Avid 100%. And a lot of them are like, agree. And I put it up there and I was like, no, I don't. And I was like, I don't. Like, you guys are sitting here looking at me like this. And there's a moment of, like, literally looking people in the eyes and being very honest with them, especially when it's, like, this place of power. There's a disconnect. Yeah. Like, put yourself low at that level. Look yes. them in the face. Yes. Like, be in that pit with them a little bit. And, and that love and that affection can be shown a lot more and shared there. And then there's a trust that when you do have to take that role of stepping above, they listen to it. Yeah. Hey, are you telling me you don't believe in Avid? Dude, I, I, I mean, I do. What are you, what's your stance on that? down dude <laughs> what does avid stand for again i think avid is what's, what's uh, advancement for? via okay. individual determination okay we, whatever they nerds. Gear, hey okay. nerds right, hey get go. up get up and and practice your ice hockey dude they, yeah. uh, hey nerds how about play a sport how about that nerds has nothing to do <laughs> I'm, with I'm, I'm totally kidding. it's like the opposite hey, you know when you said forms for class i automatically thought back in cal state long beach like college days I used to live for some classes. I was like, I cannot wait for the survey at for the end of this freaking end. class. And I'm going to go on rate my professor. And I'm just going to just let you know. Yeah, That's college dude. right there. But yeah, it go was ahead. a cool day though, because it was valuable to, yes. to present that to them and be honest with them. And the fact that, Hey, you know what? I don't necessarily buy into this entirely either, but we're here. We're doing it. Yeah. Um, state of mind. It's an attitude. Yeah. I said, is it going to the gym valuable? Not unless you pick up weights. Not unless you if, do if you something walk, here. If you walk in and you just kick around dust and oh, I don't want to be here, and you just do it and you just pick up a few weights, like of course it's not valuable. You're wasting your time. Yeah, I it's agree. mentality. It's you, if you're there, be there. Yes. If you want to get something out of it, put something into it. Be yes. about it. Yeah. Anyways, don't talk about that. it. Be about it, avid students. Avid students. I, see I, you love, avid those, I love those students though, Nicholas. man. That's, that's the thing is that's why I talk to them. I you can see them in Avid. I don't even know what I can that see you, dude. Is. Sign up next time it comes around. Yeah, all right, okay, cool. Yeah, you guys both need to come speak, but anyways. <laughs> yeah, we'll come speak, dude. We'll come speak. Yeah, I got. I I would hey, like to up. speak, but um, I'm I'm a, I don't know. Is it okay if I get nervous? Like I got nervous for the podcast. My stomach dropped when I pulled into the driveway. Yeah, Nick's yeah. really nervous about talking on a mic. Somehow we we do this like every night. <laughs> we we hang out with Nick like all the time. <laughs> I don't believe you're nervous. No. You're not nervous. No, no I'm just joking. <laughs> you're joking. Yeah, well, I'll uh, I'll say, I think this is a good place to wrap it up, man. Yeah, let's I, wrap it up. This is it. This is it, Chief. We made it. We made it. This <laughs> yeah, check thank out. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming, Nick. Check out Nick. Uh, uh, he's doing great things on the piano. Check out his website, Nick. Um, what's your website called? Improv with a V at the end as in Victor. Improvpianotips.com. .com. And remember, it's the problem. You regret not having time to spend with your kids <laughs> or learn an instrument. So I've developed a system, number two, 
to help you with that. Tell him, baby. And step three. Hit him with the one, two, three. Yeah, Bottom yeah, the line. three right here, baby. The three. Bring him back home. You can enjoy music to relax. Again. Goodbye. And again. <laughs> Improv, definitely check him out, guys. Improvpianotips.com. Also, uh, his Instagram. He probably You probably have an Instagram we'll called Improv it, Piano Tips. Ni- we'll we'll, we'll yeah, put yeah. you in the description and all that yeah, good yeah. stuff. Come on now. Shout out to Nicholas Nunez. He's Thanks awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. This was fun. Good yeah. talk. We'll definitely have him in the future. Uh, I think this is it. I'm Mike. I'm Jordan. And uh, this has been Blank with Friends. Peace. And blessings. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks, guys.